Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, episode 84 of the Talking Power podcast, and I am joined with Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth. Todd, thank you for joining us. Simon, thank you hey. for joining us. <laughs> Nick, guys, been? Guys, going well? He's oh, yeah. going first. Yeah, I this is rock, you know. Nah, keeping out of trouble, laboring at the moment, you know, yeah. staying inside. Where were you last and... episode? Where were you? Um, unwell. Unwell. Yeah. Food poisoning? No, that was actually Besides other stuff. <laughs> no. Um, migraine. Like, a bit stressed out um, about a few things. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, having to swap jobs at short notice. So, you know. But I'm essential I, now. So I actually didn't think you're not making the coffees anymore. No. Nah. <laughs> I actually didn't think you're going to make it tonight either, Todd, to be honest. I actually thought oh, I'd tell you tonight. Again, yeah, Nick yeah. Was I'm the IT... I'm the IT worker and I've got the computer problems. It's pretty funny, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you said I couldn't email you the notes. I said, well, you, the old art of pen and paper? No, take a photo? Yeah, no, I, I should have driven past your house, stood two metres away and got a copy of them. It would have been easier, you know? Yeah. I was waiting for you to do the notes. <laughs> anyway, oh, well, yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, um, one of the questions I had before we go any further, we've got Ross Tapper from Targa West and David Smith from Targa West. They're, uh, they're going to be coming on the show tonight as well. So after our first break, we'll have them on. They're going to give us an update on all things Targa West, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, like like uh, a lot of the motorsports, not like all of them, every single one of them has had to be uh, postponed. Uh, but the, the Targa West guys have been really proactive and set new dates. So you'll hear all about that here uh, shortly. And uh, it's great to see them being really proactive. And if the dates don't work out, well, then they have backup plans as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm really, really happy for them that they're, they're working on these dates. So it's really good you so, hear from them. So, shortly. Nikki, you, you're planning on entering the Camry this year, is that no, I don't. Todd, where would we fit in with a Camry? All seriousness, where would we? You, you're the target man. Where, what, what, where would we? Um, you wouldn't fit in the category because you'd be a wild card because they weren't stuck with a turbo. So what you, turbo? You have, what to, this? I don't know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> the you'd be a wild card. Or you, you know be, what he's talking about, be, Nick? Nah, it's no <laughs> turbo on the Camry. Camry. It's a standard Camry. Uh, oh, well, you'd be in showroom class then. Showroom. showroom, that thing. Yeah, it is yeah. showroom. Yeah, it's immaculate. Yeah, I've seen it. It's great. <laughs> you know, so... way too serious for it. A... I know. I know. Way too serious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway um, yeah. hey, how did you guys go Anzac Day? You get you guys get go to the end of the driveway Anzac Day? Did you make it to the driveway? No, I had to work. Oh, did you? Yeah, I had to go into oh. work. To, to have a look at a transmission that someone had bought from someone else that may have had a problem, but didn't. Yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that seems so, like the story of your life, to be honest. It is. Yeah. It is. What about you, Todd? I, um, I did the... Uh, I stood in the lounge room, actually, with the TV on and watched ScoMo on the TV and some other bits and pieces, and that was... That means he was in bed. That was about it. No, no, I was up because I found I found out later on that all my neighbours were out and they said, we saw your bedroom light come on and your lounge room light come on, why don't you come outside? And I went, 
I didn't know you were all outside, so all my neighbours were actually standing outside and I was standing in the lounge room. So, anyway. I watched the Adelaide service live. Mm. That was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Adelaide one was not bad, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yep. No, I went to the end of the driveway, and uh, a few of the neighbours did. It was really good. Uh, Belcato, we had not a bad turnout. It was it was okay. It was pretty good. I was, I was impressed. Yeah. I, I think it might be. I don't know. I reckon it might be the becoming of a new tradition. To be honest with you, I, I don't know. I still. I always go yeah. every. Year, I go to Osman Park, the RSL and the Aussie Park. Uh, obviously, couldn't do that this year. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe this is the way forward. Yeah, I reckon I still when things are well. They'll never be back to normal, but when things are a bit more normal, we'll put it that way, hmm. um, it, you'll still have your dawn services, I think, traditionally. I normally go to North yeah. Beach RSL, but I think it might be a good option for some people that can't quite make it but want to do the right thing. Hmm. Go stand into your driveway. I reckon it's a, a way better idea. I mean, hmm. I know a few of um, my late dad's mates that, you know, have struggled to get down to the RSL in previous years and... They'd be happy to stand in their driveway. They're still doing the right thing, remembering what they were there for. And, you know, a few of their mates can come by and they can, yeah, do the thing in the driveway. I think it's actually a good idea going forward. Yeah, I, I, I think the dawn service uh, is important. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with the scouts and so on behind the scenes of that that um, uh, yeah. is very important that we keep that tradition alive so the sooner we can, you know... I mean, there's nothing wrong with what we... we, we did this mm. year and, and, you know, maybe turning that into a new tradition, but, um, yeah. Oh I yeah. It's no. important that, we, you know, certainly, certainly. No, yeah. it's, 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 um, I've always some, I've only ever been to Kings park once, but I've always gone to the Aussie park one, the RSL, they do a magnificent job there. And we have all the local dignitaries from the city of Sterling and the RSL there. And, uh, even the state government have normally sent someone there as well. So no, it was great. Um, you look, I just want to touch on the elephant in the, not the elephant in the room, but the kind of the elephant in the room, Virgin administration. What does that spell for the naming rights of the supercars? Probably not a lot. Uh, at this stage, do you think they should change their name now? But I don't know if they're, yeah, well, they're probably, obviously not going to be able to honor. So, so the, I can see where I'm going with the, with that. I can. I'm waiting for the. the I'm waiting for the punchline. But who's going to be? Who, yeah, I've got a no. few. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I um. <laughs> We all have different different opinions on on uh, Virgin Airlines, but I just don't. I mean, I don't think the deal was basically is one point five million per annum in uh, discounted tickets, and also thirty five thousand per car in discounted tickets. So, in terms of money, actual cash money back into supercars, it was it was zero. Um, you know, when I read it, when I read mm. uh, that info, I was absolutely blown away. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I was amazed. I was amazed <laughs> on that. I, I, you I'm, know, I might be able to do a deal with them, swap them some torque converters and transmissions or something. I know. No, I know. Yeah. Me away. All <laughs> fast. All <laughs> fast supercar series. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I couldn't I mean, believe that. I couldn't believe that that was the deal. They did a contra deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. Really? For, contra for the naming deal. rights. And, uh, oh, and, and you know what? If, if you were smart and you were virgin... And I'm not saying that they are. I don't want to make that allegation about Virgin. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the financial predicament that they seem to have found themselves in. But if you were smart, wouldn't you just overcharge for that one and a half million bucks worth of flights? 
Well, I, I never liked the contra deals <laughs> in the first place because you don't, yeah, you're paying, you, you do, you pay full tote odds. You never get the contra deal at the discounted rate, do you? You pay full tote odds. And you so, would imagine those guys are flying business anyway. Mm. Or, you know. Yeah. True. Yeah, no, it was, it was a. So, so how many flights are you going to get for one and a half million at business? <laughs> not, not many. Not, not many. It's not a lot. No, it's not a great deal. So then once you use up your one and a half million dollars worth of credit, does that mean that the supercars had to fly Virgin and get gaffed? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Either that, I don't know. Uh, it smells dodgy, and mm. you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there's some CEO bromance going on there in the background. Mm. <laughs> anyway it's um yet to play out the, uh, what the, the supercars are i mean like i said before um you know it, target west making a plan supercars unfortunately i mean the stakes are a lot higher for them they have a lot more events as well but they don't seem to be we're gonna you know i, I can't see a race this year to be frank if they need to their their, their belief is they need to race in front of a crowd if they need to race in front of a crowd, I cannot see that this calendar year. But I hope I'm wrong. Now, no, did right. you guys catch the Bathurst? No. Oh, let's talk about that. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> yep, I did. I, I saw the last lap, right? And the first name on the scoreboard was Kostecki. So how did yeah. Scotty McLaughlin win? Because no, he, well, he, alleg- he allegedly bumped... Scott McLaughlin on the final corner. But the initial camera angle didn't... I couldn't see a bump. But then when they showed a replay of it from another camera angle, there was a, there was a bump there. And, uh, yeah, Craig Baird got involved and uh, handed the win to, to Scott McLaughlin and handed a penalty. We're actually handing penalties out. This is... Just... <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm happy. Oh. If people... I actually said in my last podcast and also the last... In my last email on the mailing list... If you want, if you, if prove me wrong, prove me wrong, write in, tell me, I, tell me I'm wrong, but God, I watched it because I said to some of the listeners that I would, I did, and I won't be watching no more. That's it. It's off. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a computer game. I mean, I, I just, yeah. like I said, I saw that last lap and I was going, the Kostecki's won Bathurst. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh-huh. look. Hey, I'm just so, so do they are they using CAMS officials to make the rulings? Yeah, yeah. Craig Baird, uh, driver standards observer, is is he's watching it live and from a remote location as well. And he's making decisions on the on the hop, on the go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, have no, I just I, have I just think it's hilarious. But anyway. Yeah. It's the future, Nick. It's the future. It's not the future. Todd, please, come on. <laughs> he's not the future. Please don't tell me that is the future. He's not. It, it may be a. It may be for you know, like a little thing that people want to do. Listen, but, listen, listen. If that's <laughs> the future, right? I'm out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Group NC is going to be yeah. making one hell of a comeback. <laughs> then, oh, no. If that's the future, then. <laughs> This is a good year. We may as well just start racing. Yeah, go back to Group NC. Seriously. NC. Oh, I. NC. EH. Minis. Definitely. <laughs> That's the future. Mustangs. They got Mustangs. Yeah. Mm. 
That's right. Yep. And they're <laughs> actually real cars in NC, yeah. Yeah. Real, Todd. <laughs> Jeez, Todd, you really come on a red <laughs> night, haven't you? You're, you've copped yeah, it, I know. You've copped it pretty hard already. Yeah, I have. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Hey, we've got to take, we'll take a short break here because we've got uh, Ross and David, Ross Tapper and David Smith from Target West on the line. So we're going to catch them right after this break and we're going to be covering all things Target West. Talking Power episode, episode 84 and we have got with us once again, from Tiger West, Ross Tapper and David Smith. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for the invite. No worries, no worries. Look, glad you could make it here on on the new on the new forum. I guess we'll call it Zoom, the Zoom forum. And um, yeah, look, I mean, we're also joined by Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth. So, uh, look, we just thought we'd get you guys on and just have a quick uh, discussion in regards to uh, Targa and all things Targa in, in terms of change of dates. I'll just start by saying, I'll start by saying this. One of the things I love about you guys is the fact that we're not sure exactly where we're all going or what, what's going to be happening. But I like the fact that you guys have got a plan, a plan in place. You're not like the AFL saying, oh, we're going to have a hub over here. And, oh, no, no, we're going to have a hub over there. And then we're going to, we're going to play during the, when the Olympic Games are. We're going to play. No, no, we're not doing that. It's, you guys have got a concise plan and put it out there. Now, whether if things don't change or things alter, I'm sure you can, can manipulate it. But that's what I really like about you guys is the fact that you've, come forward with a plan and a plan to move forward so look i mean we'll start off by saying target bunbury sprit that, that's been moved from basically the june date to to december 5th can you explain a bit about that yeah mate like like we realized straight away and thanks for the comments but you know we're guessing it's like every other sport is so but pretty sure or pretty confident that um, wouldn't be able to do anything in June. In fact, the city of Bunbury and the Shire of Manjimup told us fairly early that um, don't count on running any events anytime soon in their area. So, um, and, it, and it was fact Dave who said the moment the virus started shutting everything down, saying we've got to jump and we've got to get in, get in and let everybody know what, what our plans are, even if they don't come off. Otherwise, We'll be lining up with 55,000 other events all trying to do the same thing. So, mm. um, including people's family weddings and, and all sorts of other family functions. So, if they know that they can work around us as best they can, we've got half a chance of getting an event running and, um, and people coming along and being participating and um, potentially and hopefully some um, spectators. But if we're not allowed spectators, hopefully we can run an event one way or another. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. And one of the things I like about the fact that you've taken into consideration, like with the move, we'll, we'll just we'll just dwell on Tiger Bunbury here for a second. With the with the move, you're actually like you've moved it to December five, but you've also taken into account that a number of people, entrants and and spectators, I guess, and volunteers and and the people that work for you may not have the holidays owing at that particular time, uh, given the fact that a lot of us have have had to use annual leave at this stage. So I really like the fact that you've uh, the event is one day. It's later in the evening, so it starts at two thirty p.m. and runs to eight thirty p.m. Then there's a presentation party, and uh, you're kind of saying, you, you, I mean, from Bunbury you can get back to Perth if that's where you live in in you know within two hours. So it's it's you're not 
inconveniencing uh, spectators or entrants to, to, to expect them to stay overnight in Bunbury? Um, yeah, that's that. We, we figured that out very quickly is that, you know, um, Targa West and, and like is going to be, we're going to try and keep that as a four day event. So we can't expect people to keep coming up with using up all their holidays um, just to come and run um, events for us. So we're very conscious of competitors and our officials. Um, sure. Many of them are like, like us, I suppose, at the moment. We're stuck at home and we're working on the events and, and that keeps us occupied. But Others are looking at their annual leave and their sick leave and their long service leave and everything else being ticked off um, you know, while they're sitting at home. And um, when they get back mm. to work, I'm sure the boss is going to say, let's get back into it. And uh, there's no, no annual leave for the next six months. And that'll yeah. be a challenge for many businesses to sort out in the future. Yeah, yep. You know, uh, you guys, if you've got a bit of spare time, I'm sure that they could do with a handover at the NRL <laughs> Mate, we've got necks. Most of the NRL players don't have necks, so we'd be out. Of we're not using us for that. <laughs> and hopefully our competitors aren't out there with their mates um, shooting as well and all sorts of dumb things that they're doing. So, yeah, yeah no, it's, um, it, is a, it, it is a different time, but um, yeah, we just got to hang in there and say, no, our first event um, that we're planning on running is Target Southwest on 8th of August. But um, Shire Management said there's no way Jose will be, be running then. But um, I don't think they'll have the last call. Hopefully it's the Prime Minister and or the Premier will say what can go ahead. And if the Premier says, yes, we can do things in WA, well, hopefully the Shire will change their mind and let's get stuck into it. The, events manager down at the Shire is being really helpful and, and understanding that not only do they need events in their town and um, people have got to get out and do things, but at the same time, we don't want to spread the virus and even more importantly, we don't want to catch the virus or any of our competitors or um, official spectators, etc. Now, just on that note, your, your event is internationally recognised. So you guys, you know, I mean, you know a fair bit about putting these types of things together and getting the recognition they deserve. Were you, were either of you guys surprised that they went ahead with the horse racing? No. Mate, it's almost like there's one rule for one and one rule for the other. So I reckon that we should have bets on Target West and then I reckon we'll probably be able to keep going. Like, in all, in all honesty, it, it just floors me. But that's an opinion by David Smith and certainly not one endorsed by Tiger West or its management. Isn't that right, Ross? But it just floors me that there's certain sports that are allowed to continue and certain sports that are, that are looking at continuing. And it seems to be those that actually, where there's other vested interests and a lot of dollars involved. That's just my take on it. Yeah, like, and I've, I've never been to a horse race meeting in my life and I wouldn't even know how to bet on the Melbourne Cup apart from a, um, what do they call those things that they have? Mystery bet. <laughs> mystery bet or whatever, not even those. <laughs> it's a mystery where your money went. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you could say, well, it's a business, but it's not, it's, so is everything else. Like, oh. You go down to the local shops and they're all businesses and they're all shut. And no, we're a business and we're shut. So as is you no know, WA Sporting Car Club, who's got to be suffering big time. And uh, Gavin Migro, been talking to him about the motorplex and everything down there has been shut. So we're all on the same boat. So there's no point whinging about it. But you do wonder 
how do the horses keep going? I'd yeah, have to argue. Especially when we've got more horsepower than anyone there. Yeah, but, anyway. <laughs> but I'd have to argue that the, the uh, motorsports industry as a whole would employ probably a thousand times more people than the horse racing industry. Um, but obviously there's more money in it because of the betting, which is just sad really, because if you think about it, all that they've done in a time when people have stuck at home is make it even more tempting for people to get addicted to gambling. But, you know, I guess the, the premiers and the prime minister think that that's okay. I guess. Hey, the good thing about motorsport in general, I know we're swapping topics here, but what the V8 car teams have done and the Formula One teams have done of using their knowledge, I was just reading on Speed Cafe yeah. about um, Triple Eight and how they made their ventilators and what their mindset is. It's just amazing, which is good to see. That is a phenomenal yeah. story. And I urge anyone that's listening or watching to this podcast, get over to Speed Cafe or Triple Eight as well. They've got an, uh, an amazing job that they've done there in developing a new, um, what do you call them? Ventilator. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And phenomenal technology that they've put in there. They've gone above and beyond the government specs. And I, I've, I watched the video this morning and I was... We always criticise poor Roland Dane on this podcast, but I'll tell you what, Triple Eight, uh, uh, just, I take my hat off to them for this. I really do. I think it is an absolutely awesome initiative from them in what they're doing. Did you see they've got inbuilt some tele- telemetry into them yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, real So that time. they can actually, one person can monitor a number of the ventilators, which I think is a good idea as well. Yeah, yeah, over the 4G network. So it's, um, yeah, mm. it's a really good, great technology and it's great to see them occupied with something. I was getting back to, so Target West, you alluded to it before, that's shifting from basically the 8th, 9th and 10th and 11th, I think it was of August, that's been shifted to the 22nd to the 25th of October. If I may be frank in saying, I think that's actually probably a better date in any event or, (laughs) sorry to be so, but I I just think the October, the October date would, would augur well in terms of weather in, in, I know it's probably not that easy to have it permanently in October, but you might find that shifting it to October might, might, I don't know. What what are your thoughts? Uh, Bob Schrader and I who started this thing um, 15, 16 years ago and, we went for that um, July, August period, so that like, even though it's an event from a motorsport event, it's also an event to come into towns and spend some money in the um, in local towns. Um, and I know initially it was only it was Bindern and Tujay, and since then it's probably a little bit more Perth-based, especially with Kalamunda and um, what we do on the Thursday and Friday. Uh, but it was designed to go out to these down to Tujay and, and Bindern in the early days to. No, when there was no other tourism or, or lack of tourism. Um, and then we didn't want to hang around in September because there's too many. Not only we say football finals, loosely meaning the AFL grand final, but more importantly to what we do, it's the, um, the kids' grand finals of whatever sport they're playing. Is If mum and dad can't make you know, half the games during the season, the, the kids will live with that. But if mum and dad don't turn up to their grand final on Saturday morning, we'll... It's death in the camp type of thing. So wanted to stay away from all that grand final season. Um, and then, of course, you get to October and you've, you've got Bathurst and you've got um, school holidays and uh, there's the 2J show was on. So the early part of October was out. And um, so we've gone from late October and, as you say, um, 
the competitors may absolutely love it. Hopefully it's not a hot October with the driving suits <laughs> on for four days. They might get a bit smelly after a while. <laughs> but um, more than likely, um, it's going to work and we'll just review it all. And you know, it's the shires and um, the city governments um, who own the roads. So, and, and in the case of um, the city of Perth, Langley Park and things like that. So we'll have that discussion after this year's event presuming we can get it up and running. Um, and if they're happy for us to move and competitors are happy for us to move, well, and it fits in with um, all of rallying calendar and WA or motorsport calendar and WA, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, oh, look, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think the, the move to, to such a date is, you know, I know just when I saw that date, I said, that's going to work really well because I don't know of any other, really other motorsport event or football or anything else that would conflict with that date as well. And Royal Show's completed by then. Kids, I think, are back at school by then. So I, I think I think it's a great move. I really do. And I, I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. I, I'm, I really look forward to the Langley Park stage as well um and i think you know it's it, it'll be mind That's you in saying that we've been very lucky in august haven't we the especially on the sunday oh, weather yeah we have been very lucky um there's certainly been some wet and cold days out there but when you say langley park even if the sun's shining we lose half the park because it's waterlocked like it's only yeah. um a couple of inches above the swan river and and every time it rains there's nowhere for the rain to go because it's swan river sitting underneath that green grass so um, we've lost quite often lost a fair bit of Langley Park. And now that um, we've gone from, let's say, just running a stage in that area to the, uh, Shannon's Classic on the park and now the celebration of motorsport. And the day we've, um, we've picked this year, it just so happens to be a bit of a clash with the, um, I'm not sure the correct name, but effectively the Mus Mustang Show and Shine which I haven't spoken to yet, but uh, we could have 300 Mustangs on Langley Park at the same time. Wow. Because they've booked a third of Langley Park and we've booked two thirds. Mm -hmm. So that's the case. You can look at about a thousand cars being on Langley Park and competing and along the river. And um, it will certainly be a big motoring slash motorsport um, day down there. Oh, no, we're really looking forward to that. We can't wait. And some of the, as you mentioned uh, in your last interview episode, I think it was 79 or 78 uh, when you came into the studio there, um, in, in terms of Target West, we're looking at a, a, a stage at Barbagallo Raceway. Is that, is that still looking likely to happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, we had it all booked <laughs> for August yeah. and then went to the October date and um, Audi were having their, uh, one of their drive wars, a drive week up there. They had the whole place booked from morning and night. Um, so we went saying, knocking on their door and saying, look, there's any chance we can have two or three hours on Thursday afternoon. And um, they eventually got back to us and said, we've canned everything for the year, the whole the whole week you can have. So okay. um, I just need <laughs> okay. to get back to Cameron at the Sporting <laughs> Car Club and just lock it all away again. But yeah, we'll be... It's a bit like the point to point, like many of your listeners would know about, with a with a little difference in there, and um, we'll run a couple couple of times late Thursday afternoon before we shoot over to the um, Allenbrook stage and try and make that bigger and better than what it has been um, than it was last year when it was huge as it was. Yeah, it was huge last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, and I would imagine, like, um, 
like we could be one of the first event of any type of coming out after the virus of some size. Yeah. So if Zerenbrook people came out when it was already cold and wet and raining and everything else in the middle of August, um, if we get a nice evening in, in October and it's after they've been cooped up for six months, I reckon we could get a pretty good crowd out there. No doubt, no doubt, I agree. Yeah, I and and right. I know they've still got <laughs> their fireworks, fireworks locked away from when they couldn't use them at Christmas last year because it was too hot and dry. We'll see if we can get some real fireworks out there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Ellenbrook stage, I didn't go last year. I was up actually up north for work, but Todd, Todd went on behalf of the podcast and on the behalf of 88.5 FM as well and uh, did a live cross from there. And uh, from all accounts, you know, even the people at Crate Air Station were extremely impressed. And I think there were still thousands oh, and thousands of people there well yeah. after the event, spending money in the local restaurants, the dome and the yeah. cafes, which is the whole idea of why we do this, isn't it, really, in some ways? Yeah, mate. Um, one of the uh, the guys at the city of Perth we talked to, his wife works in a burger chain that we aren't allowed to mention, seeing we're sponsored by Elsway. Um, but she came home. They do sell salads. <laughs> um, she came home late at night, absolutely run off her feet and exhausted saying it was the busiest night um, and, and that's just no, that's just them but there's many very nice restaurants in that Ellenbrook area mm. and they're all the same that um, the moment it finished there was a queue out the doors and just trying to get a, a meal in one of the nice cafes or restaurants in that area yeah yeah so look we, we certainly look forward to that as well Hey, Ross and David, moving right along, Targa Southwest as well. So we're, we're looking at the 8th of August down there. Now, as you said before, there's a lot of water to go under a bridge there in terms of getting the approvals, but um, there'll be no activities on the Friday. So again, you're trying to get the event down to one day. I know manages a lot lot further to get down to in terms or as, as a pe- compared to Bunbury, but um, still... It, even though it's a one-day event, correct me if I'm wrong, it's only 5K shorter than last year. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's the plan. And um, so the, the, even the driving briefing will be on the Saturday morning. So if people got to work a full day on Friday, they could – no, it's a three-hour trip down there, um, towing a car or even the officials could come down late at night and um, and then we'll be finished um, late Saturday afternoon if they have to get home because they – don't know, for whatever reason, they could still get home Saturday night. But um, uh, so we're dropping the Manjum up stage, the town of town stage and Manjum up in the Corundra stage, but bringing a little bit of the Gloucester stage. So the diamond tree that we ran have been running the last few years will go back into the Gloucester Road and we'll sh- um, shut it down just before the bridge. And I know people love the cars going under the bridge, but. It's an expensive exercise with traffic management plan, shutting down the vast highway, as you can imagine. Shutting down normal roads is relatively easy, but shutting down highways Mm. um, doesn't come easily or cheaply. So for this year, we'll we'll shut it, stop it before the the Gloucester, uh, the vast highway bridge. And um, with the aim of um, finishing it at late, even run the last stage around Pemberton at night time, uh, the last two stages will probably be in darkness. And then this is all subject to being allowed to have viruses with the virus with people being able to mingle. Our then aim is to um, park up in the middle of Pemberton and having a street party 
rather than having the, um, the presentation down in the hall. And the local cafes will open up their marquees and um, do street food. Yep. And uh, and then no, they did something similar just for the just because they wanted to last year in the middle of winter just to you know, get people out of their houses. So this year they're keen to do it with us, get people out of the houses. Uh, the locals will get a, a band down that way. Apparently there's heaps of musicians and um, they're all mm. been locked up. So I'm sure they'd love to come out and, and, and get their guitars and, and instruments out and uh, turn it into a really good night in the in the main street of um, Pemberton. They won't awesome. know what to do with a live crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll be used to playing, used to playing the Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Guys, can you tell us then, I mean, with all this downtime, I'm sure I'm sure there's a number of competitors that have taken the time to maybe not just do it like maintenance, but also stepped up the game. Can you can you elaborate on any competitors or they've they've kept it kind of quiet on who might be stepping up the game and who's, you know, a new combination right. or they're competitors. Would you believe them anyway? Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, I thought true. someone might have li- linked something out. Uh, a real interesting one um, is Cindy Geeling Jones. Um, Nigel's had a, a mini uh, locked up in his garage for years and years and years, thinking that one day he'll sell it, and um, and that didn't happen. So they stripped it all out, and with the help of Mark Dobson, they're they're turning a mini now, building a mini now. She's she's not going to win the event. If she listens to this, she'll laugh at me for saying that. But um, she's not going to win. But, hey, this is what Targa West is all about. Yes, we love the, the guys at the front of the field, but it's a, a collection of cars from the 1960s through to current modern-day Porsches. Um, and to be able to have a – I think it's probably our first Mini entering in Targa West will be good. Um, and at the same time, Mark's trying to get his um, TR8 back together again. He's done some modifications to that. Um, Steve Jones, I don't know whether we can tell what he's up to, but he's put an entry in anyway, so when other wow. people can find out what he's driving, they can tell us. Okay. <laughs> 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 Mate, yeah, I've more had stories. More, more, more secrets in bloody motorsport than there is in, in horse racing and, and um, working out who's winning who there. They, yeah. I'll tell you what, the drivers just don't like telling people you know, they tell each other, but they won't bloody tell us what they're doing. So <laughs> who knows what they're coming up with? Uh, yeah, well, Houston backs um, coming out with a, the trouble is you don't know what you can say, but and we know the Houston backs um, getting an outright winning car, um, mm-hmm. a, a similar car that may have been on the top three of the podium last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Daniel Chong from memory is getting a car as well. And Daniel won the last rally sprint. So even though he's relatively new to the sport, he's quickly showing that he's not in here to uh, make up the numbers. He's um, thoroughly enjoying his rally sprints and doing very competitive times. Yeah. Um, and as we know that Troy Wilson's a, the benchmark in um, in rally sprints. Well, Troy blew up his turbo and everything else. At about, I think it's the second or third round. So we haven't seen him for a while, but he, he sent us an email to say that he'll be back for Bunbury. Um, he doesn't do um, Targa West because his car doesn't meet any of our regulations as far as Targa West goes, but for rally sprints mm. he can. Um, Will White's building up a rally sprint car um, just to give Troy a hurry up at rally sprints. So that'll be interesting to see out there. But Targa West, um, 
I, I sometimes say that I'll wait until we see the cars on the entry list, the money in the bank and the driver and the co-driver on the start line when mm. we know who's actually in it. But, but up until the virus, there was really good vibes around, really positive vibes about people wanting to be part of it. And none of that vibe has gone away. So yeah. um, let's just hope that it stays there. And um, uh, some of them might say, well, you can only do Targa West and not South West or the other way around. But either way, hopefully we can see them there. Um, and Bunbury, Bunbury's really the only one we're taking entries for at the moment because we've told everyone, look, don't bother entering. Definitely don't give us any money, which might sound strange, but... If people paid us, you know, if we had 50 cars into Targa South West with money paid um, and it doesn't run, well, it doubles our workload. We then just got to turn around and hand all the money back. So, Oh, no, no, um, no, no, no. You're looking at it all wrong, Ross. <laughs> Nation. <laughs> Donation. You've got to listen to Eddie Maguire. Well, mate, I am blown away with our competitors for Bunbury. We had 80 entries um, pretty well entered and paid up when the virus hit. Not one of them has asked for their money to be returned. They've all kept their entry in, and now it's getting pretty close to 120 entries for Bunbury. So uh, obviously shows that people are keen to get out there and compete. No doubt. No, uh, no doubt they are. Mm. Hey, can we just get the, uh, an update on, on one of the cars from the last rally sprint? It was the... Was it a Can-Am? Was, it, what was that car type, the Can-Am? That yeah, the Can-Am. Yeah. Seth, yep. the black and white one. Yeah, has he been able yeah. to, to to repair that and get that get that running again? I'd, if they haven't repaired it yet, they're certainly intending on doing so. Seth's actually another one that's entered um, entered Bunbury. Yep. Um, so he's on the entry list for that. I believe they got it back and started work on it pretty much straight away. I think mm. um, Chris Caruso at Wildcat Racing was giving them giving um, Seth a bit of a hand because Seth's obviously you know part of their team. Um, so yeah, I believe the car. If it, if it isn't already fixed, it's certainly well underway, um, and it's certainly entered the the Bunbury event. So yeah. Touchwood will see it out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ross, I don't know if you can give us an update on Sean as well. Your son, I know he he, he broke a gearbox at a pretty an, opp an opportune time at in, in Albany. So was he able to? He was doing a, a rebuild on that car in any event. So do you know where he's at with that? Yeah, yeah, mate. It's just another mad, mad motorsport person. They, they blow up a motor or a gearbox, so they don't think, oh, that's it. They think of how they can go and get a bigger one. So, <laughs> um, I, mean, I haven't spoken to him exactly what he's up to about that one because he is FIFO, so we only, and now we haven't been able to catch up face-to-face uh, yeah. -face for a while. So, um, But certainly we'll have it back again, that's for sure. He's got big plans for that um, for the Commodore. Um it's just that with FIFO, when he can come and play, that's the problem. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think he flies out Wednesday and comes back Thursday. So he'd love to do some of our summer autocrosses and rally sprints, but it doesn't quite work in. But I'm telling him, he can come and do the rally sprints, even if he gets down at 8 o'clock at night. He might have a bit of family favour and allow him to get his four runs in before the night finishes. Sure. Yeah, OK. <laughs> hey, Todd, he, that's someone you beat down in Albany, wasn't it? Well, was it? Well, well, you finished and he went... didn't, so that's at least one. Oh, right, yeah, thanks. So that's say, I actually beat someone. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to take the wins when you get them, Toddy. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Dave, I've got a question for you. Question without notice. Can I ask, because from, from an outsider's point of view, I'm a little bit of an outsider. I'm getting, I'm trying to, I'm slowly, slowly getting there, but can you explain, <laughs> grab a granny for the Bunbury, the Targos? <laughs> I, I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> can you elaborate on that? It's a very, very politically incorrect name. Oh, is it? For, okay. For, um, no, what, what we actually did, in fact, I think it was Wayne Turner actually suggested that Wayne's got that great big 64 Red Falcon Sprint um, mm. that, that does all of our, well, a lot of our events. Um, Wayne actually suggested that, that some of the local community, in particular, the, I think it's the Ocean View Retirement mm. Village, yeah. um, might be interested in having a look at some cars. So he had a chat to them and, and we ended up having the local poly, Nola, Marina, I think her name is. Like yeah. a poly down there, um, the, the second year, third year we did Bunbury. Anyway, 20, 23, 24 cars rocked up. And um, basically all the residents of the, the nursing home, those that actually could dislocate a hip and get through a roll cage, um, actually hopped <laughs> in the cars and, and basically did a convoy up the coast, back through the centre of Bunbury, back to the, to the, um, um, to the retirement village. And honestly, the grins and the, <laughs> it was just amazing. They loved it. Um, and last year, they were actually planning on, they'd, they'd offered, wanted us to come back. And this time, they were going to put on a, a sausage sizzle mm. um, for, this is last year. Um, but of course, it, it was just torrential rain on Saturday. So we actually yeah. had to pull the pin. So they were looking forward to it this year. But of course, with COVID, we just couldn't take that risk yeah, yeah it was funny that it was just like mark kate said his ferrari going up and down the coast i think he offered more rides than anyone else just so we could take off up and down the, the, the coast and um i know wayne had <laughs> wayne had a little little old lady in her car that um in his car sorry that her hubby and her actually had an old falcon spring so yes, that fact, actually brought, brought back legitimate memories when, when she was when she was in the car with wayne yeah. so um, it's something that we just call in the phrase grab a granny um, because the, the drivers literally grab a granny, chuck them in the car and, and do laps. So, um, but it very, very, very well received and, and a little bit of a, I guess, a community service that, that the drivers are quite happy to put on and, and um, brings a smile to their face, that's for sure. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, that's the one thing I always harp on about is that your events are, A, they're free for spectators, but B, also you do these kind of, where people can get really right up close and personal with, with the cars as well, mm. or go you know, for a passenger ride too. So yeah, I think I think what you guys do is amazing. I really do. And I've uh, said it all the time, but yeah, if the message isn't clear, make sure you try and support Targa West where you can um and head out there events are free without repeating myself but there you go hey guys anything else i mean have i missed anything or is there anything else you wanted to to elaborate on oh just just exactly what you say there is that yes they are free but wherever we go like we go into the main street of calamunda we go into northbridge we go into 2j um we would have normally been in Bunbury, except that we've had to change date and change what we're doing. And we go into Manjum up in to and Pemberton. So there isn't many other sports that can literally be in the main street of these places like Targa West can. Hmm. Um, so, it, and, and we always get good reception wherever we go and it's, and it's just built and it's, you might say that it's gone well past what Bob and I set up and, well past even what you know, Jan and I and Dave are doing on it. It's, it's bigger than us and we just hope to um, keep it going for many, many years to come. Uh, but certainly, we, we certainly hope so as well. 
All right, guys. Well, um, if that's if there's anything else, um, feel free to chuck it in there now, and or otherwise, um, yeah, I, I'll, I guess it, the big question on on you know all the wogs minds is is uh, when are you going to get uh, Eric Banner over? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we probably we, we did try and get him, not super hard at one stage because he was already he was in the middle of filming something. But after he crashed in Target Tasmania, that um, it's been put into his contract that he's not allowed to do do Target type <laughs> events. So um, I think he does a little bit of motor racing, but even that may be limited. Um, and yeah, like all these movie stars, they get told what they can and can't do and when they can do it, but. Like even Daniel Ricciardo gets told what he's allowed to do in his life and he's not in a Formula One race car. So mm. that's the way it is. It's a different world for those sort of people. Yeah, maybe you could enter yeah. under a different name. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what? What? Bro? The Hulk. Eric, Eric Banner. <laughs> 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 if, if Joe Ricciardo is listening, we'd love to have him and his Porsche in the event one day. He did enter Target Southwest, but um, never made it. So... Uh, we'd love to have Joe, Joe in the event at some stage. So well, I, reckon, I reckon we could get Daniel's um, tractor in as well. The way he's driving that around <laughs> the farm and he's <laughs> things in the back of an area, I reckon that'd be an outright contender. He, he's certainly clocking up the hours in it. That's for sure, isn't he? Uh, Definitely. One of the things I'll just, I'll just one, one last question. There was talk of a Ferrari four eight eight entering this year. Did I read that correctly, or was I? Was I reading something else? Is there a 488 that's potentially entering? No? I haven't read it. Where have you, where okay. have you seen that? No, sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll have to cut that out. Oh, I, I don't know where Nick's I was starting the rumour now. Yeah. It's a few yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'll have to... Uh, is, that the, is that the new one, Nick? The brand new one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the latest. I, there's a rumour that one of our one of our competitors um, has one on order, but I, I don't believe he's planning on entering it in the event. Oh, okay, um, right. I think he's quite happy with a couple of brand new Porsche 911 GC3s that he's got. So okay. <laughs> I, think, I, I think he'll continue with those. But I, I heard a rumour that he did actually have one on order, but I, I don't believe he's planning on entering it. But we'd love to see that. See if he has got it. We'd love to see it down at the Celebration of Motorsport or, or Classics on the Park because it would mm. be a real draw card. Most certainly, most certainly. All right. Well, so if any of our listeners, <laughs> Nick, uh, yeah. are you going to try and get enough money to get uh, the Camry entered? Or no, no, that's it. I have. Yeah, I, we should we should look at that. You know, where would the where would the Camry fit in, guys? We're not quite sure. <laughs> Um, somewhere south of Mandurah, I think, um, <laughs> I kind of opened myself up to that, didn't I? <laughs> oh, wow. You said he was going to buy the 488, and I thought, well, he did slip me 50 to put the B, his BSB in account number on our entry forms, but I don't think that is that up to a 488. <laughs> No, mm. uh, yeah, we um, we've Simon's we've woken Simon's woken up the camera again, so that's up and running. But that'll be a a formidable contender, I reckon, Simon. <laughs> I don't know if it'd make it through the whole of things. No, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> be a struggle just getting. It's definitely, it. I can guarantee it wouldn't if I was driving. <laughs> Mate, we'll save you pride of place in Northbridge because I'm sure you know the Northbridge contenders will flock to it. <laughs> we'll put it next to Denver's whale. There you go. <laughs> Make sure people look at it. 
<laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Hey, look, guys, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. If we need to find more information, Facebook page is a great source for you guys. So it's Targa West Events on Facebook. The website is Targa West, and that the targawest.com.au takes you basically to all the other uh, brother and sister websites that you have. So Targa yeah, Southwest, and there's a link. There's a link page on there that, that takes you to all the other events. But basically, you know, Targa West, Targa Southwest, Targa Bunbury Sprint, Targa City Sprint, um, Celebration of Motorsport. They're all the different websites that mm. all link to each other. Okay. Yeah, the Celebration of Motorsports. Dave's working on at the moment, so it's. It's still um, 2019, but um, uh, by the end of this week, hopefully Dave's got it up. There's, there's all the, the new information and people can start registering their cars for that. Mm. Yep. Yeah, and I want to get the XW along to that one for that. I think that will fit in quite nicely there. So, we'll, um... You don't want to detract from the camera. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <it's not> like... <laughs> We'll leave the we'll leave the Camry just for the Northbridge stage, <laughs> but uh, the XW for for Sunday it's a celebration of motorsport. Oh dear! All right, hey, All look, right, Ross, really appreciate okay. your time, Ross and David. Uh, much appreciated. Um, Really, thank you for coming on, and we wish you all the very best. And we'll have you on shortly as we get closer to these dates and get an update from you guys. Yeah, mate. We're, we're happy to come on for the Rally WA events. We'll swap caps and shirts and talk about that whenever you've got a night available as well. No worries. Sounds great. Thanks Sounds fun. great. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Simon. Okay, guys. Thanks, 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 thanks fellas. Yeah, See you, Ross. See All right, episode 84 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm back with Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth. And that was great to have the guys on from Targa West. That was really quite yeah. enlightening, actually, and uh, really good to have them. And I'll tell you what, if there's anyone from the NRL listening, you need to hire those guys. They, yeah. they have their stuff together, unlike you lot. And the AFL, too. Not just the NRL. Yeah. The AFL too. Oh, the AFL, uh, it's not so much. The, I think the AFL's got you know, this stuff together or, or in the process of getting it together. The problem with the AFL is the players. Mm. Like we want <laughs> yeah. to be in isolation in a hub with our families. Well, you're not really going to be in isolation then and the risk of spreading it. Who's picking up the bill? In. Yeah. The AFL is. Yeah, but the AFL, I think, because WA is already out because Mark McGowan has said, the government's not picking up the bill. So they no, why oh. should why no, should no, they? I, I agree, but I think there was an assumption that they were because suddenly WA is off the agenda in terms my, of my yeah. money, my money is gonna be on Queensland because mm. uh, the the premier and the government they got going on there, they got some strange opinions about things. It really reminds me <laughs> of a kind of post apocalyptic uh uh <laughs> It's Joe Bielke Peterson government or something going on there. <laughs> yeah. Not really mm, yeah. sure. <clears throat> I mean, offering to pump 400 million or something into Virgin. <laughs> when did it become the state government's problem? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. But that's, that has always been the fallback of um, some governments to prop up, prop up multi billion dollar companies. And as you pointed out to me off, off air, 
um, you know, where's Richard Branson and, and not just Richard Branson, there's some, you know, pretty powerful shareholders in that company and I'm yet to see them reaching into their pockets. So, well, the way I see it is if they're going to give one and a half billion dollars, which, you know, hopefully they're not, but I know Albo and Shorty were pushing that barrow for a while. If they're going to give one and a half billion to a company that employs 9,000, think about the ramifications here. I mean, you know, everyone that's struggling should be putting their hand out for a handout then. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So it's, uh, I understand that they're grounded, but uh, what about all the cafes? What about the cinemas? What about the nightclubs? What about the mm. restaurants? You know, they've, they all got the same government order that's said, and they shut the doors, mate. So, well, what about business just, is business. What about the two gentlemen we just had on as well? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, and it, you know, the yeah. other the, the other thing that was you know really pretty funny was um, Perth Airport <laughs> blocked in those two planes. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, all that we needed, right, was for the guy from uh, uh, that repo show. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. I'm going to hot wire this virgin jumbo jet. And- <laughs> Matt. What was his name? Matt. <laughs> Matt. Yeah, know, that was so it. ridiculous. And, and the thing is, how does any business let, you know, I think Qantas owes them 20 million or 16 million and Virgin owes them, you know, a similar amount of money. How, do, yeah. how does that happen? And, and how much money does Perth Airport make that they can afford to be owed nearly yeah. $40 million and it doesn't affect their operation? You know, it's, I don't know. It's a lot of questions. It? Yeah. it is. It is a lot of questions there. Yeah, a lot of questions. A lot of yeah. questions. But anyway. No, I'm hearing you. Hey, um, we got the new segment and I'm going to, oh, geez, I, I haven't got myself ready. I've got to play the little intro. Hang on a sec. I've got to play the little intro. Oh, here, here we go. We've got a new intro for the new segment. Free from TNP. Huh? What do you reckon of that? Not bad. Hmm? Uh, <laughs> I need a haircut. <laughs> that's, that's what I got yeah. out of that. <laughs> And anyway, I need, I, need a diff- I need wearing a different jumper and standing in front of something it's, cool. It's really corny, but it was intended to be corny, you know, a little bit. Yeah. It's three from TMP, and this week, last week was two. It's going to be four uh, this week. It's going to be four. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> All right. Because I got two, and I can't make my mind up. Okay. No, that's cool. That's cool. All right. So our new segment, three from TMP, this week is the best privateers of all time. So we've come together and. We're going to give you a list of our best privateers of all time. Anyway, uh, uh, or why don't you guys go first? You guys go first. You can go first, Gons, if you got to. Oh, rightio. I thought you'd save it to last, but, you know, let's... All right. So, uh, my first, I couldn't make my mind up between these two because I, I think that um, there was both amazing what, what these teams accomplished. So the first one is uh, 1975 um, Bathurst and uh, Peter Brock was the winner, uh, which, you know, you might say, well, how's that a privateer team? Well, the team that he was driving for that year was a privateer team. It was the, uh, now I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but Gown and uh, Hindhoff, I think is how you pronounce it. 
uh, L34 Tirana, which was a private, they were a private yeah. team, very, very low budget team, actually scammed some tyres and other bits and pieces from um, uh, Harry Firth uh, to make it to the race before, and the, uh, which was the Sandown, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, the prize money for that covered the entry for Bathurst. So I think that's, uh, you know, for me, pretty amazing. I know that, that obviously Brocky was a bit of a favourite at the time, um, but nonetheless, to take on the factory teams, and Colin Bond was, he was usually Brocky's co-driver, um, and, and beat him as a pretty amazing uh, yeah. effort. And the other one for me, and like I said, I couldn't make my mind up between these two, was the 1981 uh, Bathurst, the Dick Johnson one. Uh, a lot oh. of people consider <laughs> Dick Johnson, you know, to be a factory back team. And obviously, you know, towards the later uh, period of, of his career with shell backing and so on, he was. But back in those days, they were basically a bunch of mates um, mm. running on a shoestring budget. Uh, he had a mechanical workshop that he kept running to pay the bills. And yeah, he did get a bit of sponsorship uh, primarily from Palmer Tube Mills. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely uh, I wouldn't consider that team in 1981 to be a factory back team in mm. any shape compared to HDT. I mean, HDT were the Goliath. Mm. They were the be all and end all of, of the Australian Touring Car Championship. So, um, it, it's it's just amazing that in those two instances that, um, you know, and there's been other guys like Perkins and so on, but I think for me, those two really stand out, um, particularly uh, Brocky in 75, because, you know, he walked away from HDT to, to pursue a career overseas and it, it didn't yeah. pan out for him. Uh, couldn't get a drive. I don't think they really wanted him. Um, you know, because there was a lot of controversy leading up to that. And uh, they had no choice after that win. They had to rehire him. And mm. uh, I think 80, 81 for Dick Johnson was a turning point. 1980, he had a really good chance and he hit the rock. Mm. And, mm. Uh, you know, the, the, the slogan was coined the year after that he went from a rock star to becoming a mountain man. <laughs> they are very good and you know what i never not that i didn't think of dick johnson but the peter brock one from 75 that completely i would um from yeah that's a that is that is a very good one to pick and that that one is uh yeah well done simon i like i like your pick i like your pick todd thanks for i'm about to say funny enough i actually chose dicky johnson as well because, oh, you go. um, we are gonna have three then uh, but <laughs> my little take on it was, I was going to add a bit of um, fun fact about it, is I was reading up about it today, actually, and the whole controversy of how The Rock got on the track, because um, they're not sure if it was a um, spectator or an official that actually accidentally kicked a rock on the track, or no one actually knows. And the other bit that Simon probably did in his research, or probably knows from memory, was um, they literally, um, after, the, uh, after it happened, he said, I want to be back had the car back. It was the uh, True Blue XD Falcon. Um, look, you know, going to need some dollars. And people started ringing up the switchboard and actually melted down the switchboard mm, with donations. Yeah, um, yeah and they had also, like, a, like an appeal-a-thon type yeah. thing. Mm. And Ford, Ford said they'd back every dollar. Yeah, dollar for dollar. It's and apparently dollar. They, they got $144,000, which when you think back to 1980, 1981, that's a... Yeah, chunk of change they got to. Yeah, 
in the space of a couple of days. I reckon Tricky Dicky there was the founder of uh, Goat <laughs> yeah. Bunby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last bit I was going to add was I've, a- I've actually seen The Rock. I've been to Dick Johnson's workshop over in Queensland and he's got The Rock in a case in the middle of the showroom f- framed. And he has a little plaque about it and he has The Rock. Well, they reckon it's The Rock from Bathurst. It tripped him up. And he's got a small part of the old True Blue Falcon next to it. So there it's you go. It's a big rock, eh? In Eshie, it's where, where, where's the transition between rock and boulder? Yeah, no, nah, and um, <laughs> look, it's, it's bigger than Final Lap's heart. Look, look at that. So, you know, <laughs> and I've seen that too. So there you go. So, yeah, so that's, that's my one as well there, Dick Johnson, because I've actually, I've actually spoken to him and stood in front of the rock and had a conversation with him. So there you go. And he'll always tell you the story about that weekend. So, yeah. He etched in his mind, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, in his mind. What about you, Nick? I'm going with another Peter, but not Peter Brock. I'm going with Peter Sauber. So Formula One, I've gone over to the Formula One side. And look, I mean, Peter Sauber has been involved in Formula One. He, he got involved in motor racing in 1970, but he got involved in Formula One in 1993. And uh, really, he only relinquished his position briefly in... Um, in the BMW days, he relinquished the business for five years, and then he brought it back off BMW uh, after they after they uh, walked away from Formula One, and then he only just really relinquished it again only two years ago, in line with basically the change over to Alfa Romeo. So it's still recognised as the Sauber brand, but his involvement really, when you think Formula One, I, there was a lot of Formula One teams that I thought of, like it came into play it was also. Um, Eddie Jordan as well. It was hard to not pick him. So Jack Brabham. So Jack Brabham. He was he was <laughs> right up there as well. But that's next week, Simon. <laughs> no, but, no. So Jack Brabham was definitely it was definitely up there. Ken Tyrrell as well was up there. These are all played yeah. in crime. But the reason why I went with Peter was the fact that he was able to do it in the modern era. Uh, and that's not to say yeah. that that just a Jack Brabham couldn't have. I'm not saying that uh, even. Even arguably, Bernie Eccleston was a privateer as well. Um, but, yeah, I just... These guys did it. Peter Sauber did it in the modern era, and I think it's just a phenomenal effort to be... You look in the private in, in this era now, it's it's just unheard of. I still deem them as a privateer team, really. Um, yeah. And, look, he got he got Kimi Raikkonen started, uh, Felipe Massa and Charles Leclerc. They're just a few that he got kicked off their Formula One careers and look what those guys went on to, to went on to do. So never won a on race. That note, mm, sorry. On that note, um, believe it or not, uh, the company that uh, put that Tirana together, mm. Gowan Heinhoff Engines Proprietary Limited, uh, they're actually still listed in the white pages. So... <laughs> they might that, still be open. <laughs> that Tirana, from memory, I, I that was a correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Tirana they used as a road going car as well quite regularly. That that Tirana and they just race prepped it. I, I'm pretty sure that that was. Well, those cars were, you know, not like now where they're completely. There's not a single component that resembles even a road car component, <laughs> but they were, you know essentially um, blueprinted mm. versions mm. of what you bought from the factory. Yeah. So different era. Yeah. When cars were era. cars, 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to take a short break here, and after this, we will close the show. And um, yeah, we've got a, we've got a few few comments from some listeners. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll cl- we'll have a short break here. We'll be out right after this. Okay, Talk and Power podcast, episode 84, and we had previously on, earlier on, David Smith and Ross Tapper from Targa West. It was great to have them on. And we're still joined by Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth. Guys, now Simon, you'll fill us in here. Camry's, you've been enjoying the Camry, taking it for a bit of a cruise and getting out and about with it? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I'm going to hmm. read this. This is the message that I sent you guys uh, uh, a few days ago, so um, uh, here I go. At, at, at 7.20am Australian <laughs> Western Standard Time, after spending the weekend trying to tune the boost controller with the wrong waistcoat spring, the Camry was fitted with a uh, Hope pop-up sprinkler spring. Excellent choice <laughs> if you're trying to fine-tune boost. And yeah, uh, People are Pope. <laughs> shout out quality springs i love them <laughs> and uh boost control was activated at 7 25 a.m australian western standard time a 90 percent duty cycle run uh was undertaken <laughs> to establish the open loop table uh boost cut was hit but unfortunately it was too late for the one MZFE and sadly the Camry motor expired. No attempt was made to resuscitate as puncture wounds exiting the front of the motor culminated wow. with the deadly loss of vital fluids, uh, not restricted to oil, but also including corn. It was oh. a very, very sad day. At 7.30 a.m. Australian West Standard Time, the Camry was declared dead on arrival. Uh, I'd just like to say, long live no fear. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, a bit of an update since then. Um, so, uh, Paul, Paul Permicelli from Tony's mm. Auto Records. Yep. Uh, big fan of the show. We he, chatted uh, with him, has, actually. We've chatted with Paul we, previously. We have, we have. Mm-hmm. He has uh, uh, donated another standard Camry engine. And uh, the boys and myself have fitted it to the, the Camry. Uh, and we've also done some very, very important upgrades to the Camry. Um, so we fitted a wireless so we can use an 88.5 <laughs> when we're driving around. I don't know how you call a wireless. And some speakers. Okay, Dad. <laughs> so, so the Camry has got a stereo now. Uh, also, not many people know this, but um, it's always had a problem turning right. Mm. Uh, which, you know, not an issue at the motorplex because it's a left-hand turn at the end of the track. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the issue was that uh, when, I, when I did the uh, intercooler piping, um, you know, as all our listeners know, Nick and I are both broke. Uh, we have a wife and kids. <laughs> so instead of buying bends, I just bought a piece of straight pipe and sort of, did it like a gutter. <laughs> so, oh, so, oh, you know, it see really was on the Camry. <laughs> uh, but uh, Glenn from uh, Nelg's Alley Mods down in Rockingham, uh, big shout out 
to uh, to him. He um, got in touch with us and offered to fix um, that section so that you can actually turn the steering right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll tell you what, uh, you get some strange looks when you do three-point turns at roundabouts. <laughs> but... but <laughs> Uh, he contacted me uh, this morning and sent me through some photos and that's all done. So, um, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're ready to hopefully not blow up uh, another motor. Now, now, just, you know, I just want to make sure that uh, people understand that that engine, um, you know, not only did it cop a lot of abuse, uh, when when we initially put it together, and I found out that I didn't actually have the wastegate connected at all, but um, uh-huh. I I tried to get this boost control because you know, wheel spin is a big problem. When we ran that twelve nine, if you look at that time card, it's a two point two sixty foot, and you know twelve nine should be like a one point six or somewhere around there, and it was nearly one hundred twelve mile an hour. So the thing's showing a lot of. Uh, acceleration in the back half and if you look at the data log um, I'm on and off the throttle that many times that I might as well have hooked the pedal up to the wheels and, and I would have gone quicker as a pedal car than, than <laughs> under its own power but anyway so what I'm trying to do is is uh, ramp the boost in and for those of you out there that, that uh, understand how boost controllers work you need to have a spring in there uh, that's low enough boost to be able to control because if you put a 14 pound spring in it, then, you know, that's where it's going to start. You'll be able to go up from 14, Hmm. but you can't go, you know, so that thing will turn the tires um, at, you know, one pound boost. So the Pope spring calibrated to about one and a half pounds somewhere around there. So (laughs) we're we're really close. And now that we can uh, turn the steering to the right, it's meant that we can put some, tires on the front because when we raced it we had a 20550 series to clear the intercooler piping uh so now we can get a two like a real uh drag radio or 235 under the front and um yeah so that's that's where we're at uh i still haven't done anything about the other motor but um uh we'll you know, i mean i'm sure we'll do some stuff nick's mm. not really keen on any of the stuff that i've suggested but you know <laughs> I'm sure Todd will come out with a camera. <laughs> Job for you, Todd, that one. I'll stand one and a half metres away. It's fine. Hey, um, <laughs> we, so we need to thank uh, Tony, uh, sorry, Paul Pernicelli from Tony's Auto Wreckers. And if you're in the Swan Valley as well, in that in the in the region, not just the Swan Valley, sorry, in the um, Allenbrook Midland area, they are the they are, they are on um, Farrell Road. Cannot miss yes. them. Big green building on the if you're going uh, southbound on Farrell Road, they're on the left hand side. Um, so great help. I mean, they've helped us out. And Paul's a great guy. As I said, we interviewed him uh, a couple of podcasts ago when we were down in Albany. Uh, lovely gentleman. So help them out. And also, so it's Nelg. Uh, sorry, it's Glenn Taylor from Nelg's. What's the name of his business? Nelg's Alley Mods. I yep. think. Yeah. I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just confirm that. Um, but he doesn't just do Ali. He, he's a, a very skilled, um, fabricator mm. and, uh, 
you know, he can basically build anything. Uh, very big in the, yeah, it's Nelg's Alley Mods. Yep. Uh, very big, in the, burnout yeah, very big well. in the um, burnout scene. Yeah, mm. yeah, with Bark, the uh, Bark, supercharged yeah. six-cylinder. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to get the car at some stage or another around to Jamie's at Shift Kits Australia. Yep. And um, just tweak a, a, a couple of things. When Jamie fitted the ECU, um, he literally did it in, you know, it was like a five-minute job because, you know, the thing sat there for that long that I'd forgotten all the trials and tribulations that we went through with that mm. car. But yep. um, we got it going over Christmas um, and I think that we parked it up in you know, before the end of January and, yeah, and I couldn't before. for the lot. Sorry. Before the end of January. Correct. Yeah. 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 And I couldn't for the life of me remember why, you know, it, it had such a, an abrupt, uh, you know, life. Uh, and then I realized that I think it was a week later, my first son was born. And then obviously since then, we raced uh, it on the 24th. Your son was born yeah. on the 30th. On the 30th. <laughs> on the 30th. We're talking so, 2018 yeah, here, January uh, 2018, it, yeah. It, even the data logs, like, there's not a lot of logs there. Mm. So, it, yeah, anyway. So, um, uh, yeah, we're going to tidy up a few few more little things on it and... Um, I'm scared to put it on a dyno because, you know, when you go on a dyno, you just want to push it a bit harder. So we'll see. I might, and, and the other thing was, uh, remember the first lap that we did in it, it mm. basically spun the left-hand front tyre, looked like a 1960s top fuel car going yep. up the track. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, so the theory was, and there's a lot of trick bits in that car that you can't see, and, and I don't know if we, we'll probably post up some photos or videos one day of a little... Um, sneaky bits, but we we handmade a uh, what they call a friction style LSD unit. Actually, mm. over-engineered it a little bit so it doesn't quite have as much friction as it's meant to. <laughs> but the mm. theory was that um, with that unit and with a little bit of suspension preload, that we could get it to you know act like uh, an LSD, like a traditional LSD. Yeah, uh, but still make it so you can turn corners because if you weld the, the diff in a front wheel drive car, they don't turn corners very well. <laughs> uh, so I went to Bunnings and I got a turnbuckle for about five bucks and I cut it into three, four pieces and welded it to one of the suspension linkages. And I now have adjustability and it, it is amazing how much difference it has made. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm I'm going to pick the car up in the next day or two uh, from Glenn's, and um, we'll keep pushing on with it. And then, yeah, when we get a chance, we'll put that other motor in there. Mm. Um, and you know, yeah, it should be good. It should be good for a laugh. It is good, a lot of fun that car. It is a lot <laughs> of fun. How are you, I mean, I um, started, I haven't really started. I've sort of kind of started like getting the XW prepped. We're going to reef that motor out and get that rear main fixed and put a new clutch in it. So we're still we're talking, Todd's probably, I don't know, Todd, you heard the last podcast that you were missing. You, have you had a listen? Yeah, bits and pieces of it, yeah. We're talking, we're talking road trip here. So I don't know what, what sort of time frame we're looking at there. So I don't know if you're keen as well. 
Oh yeah, you know me in the Evo, get us stop every five minutes, but I'll be fine. Better fill up. <laughs> be good. Yeah. Be good to uh, to take <laughs> the the three the three white cars and do like a bit of a Top Gear where we all swap and explain why ours is the best. I mean, obviously the Camry's going to win that comparison. I might put a fuel cell in for the weekend, hey. <laughs> So yeah, I need to I need to get cracking with that because I don't. I mean, the, the it's a good opportunity to get that rear main fixed and get another. No, there's nothing wrong with a clutch, but I guess if the motor's out, we may mm. as well do the clutch at the same time. And maybe the disc brake front end too. I don't know, but yeah, that probably I've got a disc brake front end. Turn into an engineering project here. On yeah, losing interest. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I just I just wanted to because we haven't spoken with Todd about that, so just keep keep him across the. Uh, what's happening there hey uh, if you guys um our listeners out there we have another podcast edition of stories from the garage so every alternate week when we're not on we have stories from the garage so catch the last one it was brendan franklin he told us about his hz uh, kingswood that he's turned into a um a monaro so that's he's had that car since he was 14 years old and he's still got it to this very day so he's doing another rebuild on it shortly but he tells us about that so that's that's quite interesting tune into that um, and look, also reach out to us. If you want to hear something, you want us to talk about something, let us know. I mean, yeah, just drop us an email at info or reach out to us on the, on our um, Facebook page. So it's info at talkandpower.net or go to our Facebook page or Instagram. We have, we have both of those social medias. Um, we have Twitter as well. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter too, uh, but I don't have Snapchat or TikTok, So don't, and don't, and I will not be getting those. So don't ask me to do it. <laughs> and Snapchat. So I'm showing every part of my 45 year old, 44 years of age there. So sorry about that. Hey, um, now, I don't normally shout out other podcasts on here. We did a little shout out for Aaron Noonan, V8 Sleuth. Tune into that one. It's a great podcast. But another one, those, most people that know me know I'm a big Sopranos fan. And Christopher Moltosante and Bobby Bacala have twin. got together. <laughs> he is your <laughs> twin. No, sorry. He is your <laughs> twin. These are identical. Uh, so um, Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharipa have got together and they're doing a podcast and they're talking through every single episode of the, of the Sopranos. So tune into that. It's called Talking Sopranos. And I actually went and saw those guys when they came out to WA oh, last year sometime now. Great show. And um, just if you loved the show, I love the show, uh, tune into that. It's got some great stories. I know you're a big you know, fan yeah. of all, Simon. I didn't watch as many episodes as you think. <laughs> okay, no, I did. <laughs> but I but uh, you know the movie, uh, the family, mm, Robert yep. De Niro. Yep. There's a scene where he, you know, because they think he's a, a writer, and they invite him to um, talk about they're going to watch this movie and then they're going to discuss it, and somehow mysteriously the movie they were meant to watch ends up not not arriving, but Goodfellas. Arrives, mm. and I picture I picture Chris talking about Sopranos being not a lot different to Robert De Niro talking about Goodfellas. <laughs> Interesting enough, Christopher was in Goodfellas as well. He was Spider, he was. yeah, he was Spider in Goodfellas. So, but yeah, tune into that as well. So, um, don't normally promote other podcasts, but they're tuning to those guys as well, and. Um, as I said, if you've got anything of interest, um, reach out. Let us know. If you just want us to talk about something, let us know. All right, guys. Anything from you guys to finish off with? 
Uh, hmm. <laughs> I mean, everything I talk about is illegal, so... <laughs> Well, if you want, we can close the show. I'll hit the stop record button and then you can talk about whatever you want. So maybe we do that. And then those that are interested, they will email me and say, what were you guys talking about after this show? Make for yeah. no, and, and it's, a, that's it's a no from me. I'm um, basically at the moment just driving the Evo to work a couple of days a week just to keep the, the battery charged and some enthusiasm. You charges, you know that. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it's more fun driving it, you know. Especially where I'm working now, I get so many dirty looks pulling in the car park that it makes it worthwhile every day. So, you know. What do you anyway. look for? Oh, it's Sorry. only a little bit noisy. Only a little bit noisy. Like <laughs> Even when the motor's off, it's noisy. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> There's <big> um, brakes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be coming off the road probably in about a month and a half and uh, doing a bit of target prep. I'm planning on doing one or two events this year if I do go ahead. So just a bit of target prep. So, oh, it looks like we're all doing a so bit yeah. of prep, eh? Bit of bit of prep. Yeah, bit of prep for our <laughs> road trip wherever we don't know yet, but wherever our road trip takes us. So I've got to get cracking, get that reef that two two one out as well, and get on with that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Well, look, thanks for joining us. I'll, uh, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks' time. It was a pleasure having you on. And a big shout-out to David Smith and Ross Tapper of Targa West. Keep those guys, uh, keep visiting their social media. They update quite regularly and their website and keep across all the updates. And we'll no doubt catch up with them in the near future. Also, uh, just quickly, briefly... Um, caught up with Ray Treasure as well. Things are happening there. We're going to have him on the next podcast as well. We're going to catch up with Ray and he can give us a bit of an update there on what's happening at the Motorplex as well. So lots of things happening. So. Yeah. Any, any, uh, any clues, any hints? No, they're doing a heap of work there. He didn't elaborate on what that work was, but he will yeah. when, we, when we catch up in the podcast. So, so. That, is it, do you think there's uh, like October we're going to, uh, I, I can't see. Look, from a crowd point of view, I, I can't imagine it. No, I, don't, I just don't think. It, it'll be interesting to see what this government does. But as of today, as recording, we know that we've reverted back to 10 people. That's yeah. really great news. Yeah, people. see, that's within the, the crowd numbers yeah, that they were getting sucker. last season. So <laughs> oh, I man. can't see the issue. That's really great news for people like my mum and dad because they've been trapped at home for five weeks and now they can they can get out and visit their friends. So that's that's good that's, news. That's what we did today. We we went and visited family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's the thing. You you haven't been able to see your family. Mm. You know, just following the regulations. Mm. So it's mm. uh, that's good news from from the state government. Really good news. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all of our listeners. Thanks for your support, and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. All right, guys, take care. See you on the street. See you on the for now. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.